in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the guy that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris and Paul. I sure am excited to be here with our Coaster Knots today, and we're about to get a little weird. We are indeed, Chris, uh, because we've also been on a bit of a hiatus for uh, two whole weeks. Two someone weeks. had to leave the country. I had to go over to India and see what the whole Indian thing was about. Yeah, and you uh, you made it back. Barely. We weren't sure. I uh, got caught up in the Indian bureaucratic state for a little while when we first got in there. It was looking a little hairy there. And he's also not kidding. He was uh, sort of arrested a little bit. We may have been uh, stopped by the tax men. And uh, <laughs> I guess Indians take their taxes very seriously. And taken to the county jail. But But you're here now. We're here now. We're back. We're fine. We made it through. No bribery was necessary. So thank you, Indian government. Uh, we may or may not have had the Chandigarh police chief come down to make sure that the Americans were all right. So that was kind of cool. Well, I'm glad that you got to meet the Chandigarh police chief. I hear he's a great guy, and hopefully we'll see him on one of Tim Bunnell's articles sometime soon. I hope not, actually, for his sake. Well, you know, just like a cool ghost thing, you know, nothing scary. This guy was on top of it, so. Well, shout out heard, to Chandigarh. Yeah, he heard Americans, and he came running. <laughs> He's like, oh, I got to make sure this is okay. Yeah. We don't need the embassy up our ass. Yeah, we don't need to cause an international incident in the middle yeah. of Chandigarh. Yeah, well, glad you made it back okay, and we are back on the hype, Chris, with a November 26, 2023 interview with George Knapp and Tim, Tim Alberino about the Peruvian face peeler alien invasion. Alberino? I hardly know her. That's that's the part that you got? Not yeah. the Peruvian face peeling aliens? No, I was stuck on Alberino. <laughs> well, Chris, villages in Peru are actively being invaded by aliens, and we're going to get to the bottom of it tonight. Those Peruvian Andean mountains are incredible to behold, so that's a pretty good place to invade. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go anywhere, that's a good spot, for sure. Also, not a lot of military activity going on in Peru, I I don't think. Yeah, well, we're going to find out today, because the, uh, the Navy was involved, the Peruvian Navy, at, at one point, because of how severe these claims have been. What is that, like, four fishing boats that... and a pontoon? No, Chris. They, oh, okay. Don't be that guy. All I'm right. sure it's a very respectable fleet that the Peruvian yeah. Navy has. All six battleships. Now, do we have any Peruvian listeners? I don't actually know. Uh, I, I would imagine not. We we don't really translate well into Spanish. That's true. That's true. I just I'm I'm still weary from when you started making jokes about Canada. We made a lot of Canadians mad. Yeah, we lost so. all of our Canada listeners actually. So cheers. They're still here. They're still here. Well, Chris, before we get to that, we got to go check in with our good friend Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. 
Tim time. Oh man, that felt good to say, Paul. It's been a while. I it's, I'm like forgetting what I. It's been two weeks and I've forgotten my cadence. Yeah, it's completely messed up. You've broken me. Today's article: bullet shielding talisman test turns tragic. <laughs> I am unsure <laughs> what any of that means, but I have an idea. This is going to be terrifying. <laughs> From the article. A Nigerian man with a talisman said to shield bullets wound up perishing when he put the magical charm to the test and discovered that it possessed no such power. If you're not fully enwrapping yourself in some kind of vest or full body suit, let's just assume that you aren't bulletproof. And that's also just something I don't want to test. Like, I wouldn't want to test a Kevlar vest. No. You know, I'm like, I'm just going to trust that it works. Uh, I want a heavily tested Kevlar vest, and then I don't want to find out if I'm wearing one. No, no, never want to be shot. I don't care how much protection I have. According to a local media report, the unfortunate incident occurred late last month in the community of Baki when a witch doctor provided the peace to the victim, Muhammad Ali, with the promise that it could protect him from gunfire. When keeping it, witch doctor goes wrong. <laughs> Never trust a witch doctor who says that he can make you impervious to bullets. Yeah, that's tough to do. Yeah. You know, curses and, and stuff like that within the realm of Witch Doctor, I'm sure. But bullet stopping, I just, I'm not buying it. That's a little too much. It's powerful magic that you need. And uh, I just don't trust that most sorcerers that we have can access that kind of magical attainment. Because we've been so, we've been so far removed from magic for for centuries even in nigeria or mm. india or some of these places they even they are removed from the old magical sources so you know you may have had a sorcerer back in like the 1100s but post enlightenment our magic is weak now <laughs> it's like game of thrones dude the dragons have died off yeah exactly magic has left the world it's a weak magic that we have Perhaps hoping for some assurance before paying the witch doctor's fee for the odd object, the man decided to conduct a rather ill-advised experiment to see if the purportedly magic talisman could truly keep him safe. I would go with, witch doctor, can I shoot you while you're wearing it? That Not, feels better. Let's shoot myself while <laughs> I'm wearing this thing. Alongside the sorcerer and three other men, Ali headed out into a forested area near the town, donned the talisman, and instructed the sorcerer to shoot him with a rifle. Oh my lord. See, this is this is what I'm saying. Why would you, like, test it on yourself? Also, why would the witch doctor agree to shoot this guy? He must have really believed in his own magic. Like, I don't understand. What do you think was going to happen? I wonder if he was going with, I'm going to miss this guy claiming that I was aiming right at him, yeah, but messed up and actually hit this guy. Well, let's find out. No doubt sensing that his magical reputation was on the line, the witch doctor dutifully complied and pulled the trigger, sending a bullet smashing through the charm into Ali's body. 
<laughs> he actually shot the charm. Yeah, he's apparently a good shot, man. Great he Jedi shot. shot shoots the charm. The charm is such a weak metal that the bullet just <laughs> goes through it like it was going through a balloon. Yeah. Man, that's that's how you really know it didn't work is because if you shoot the charm, come on. Maybe like maybe the radius was weak if you like shot him in the arm of the charm, but it clearly just was not working. So disappointed. Quite literally could have given him like a Bible or a Quran or some kind of holy book, and that would have done <laughs> less damage than the charm. Probably. I've seen enough movies where someone has like their you know old um like cigarette pack those metal packs and they're yeah. like breast pocket and it saves their life or something that's that was a fun scene in a movie we're not gonna have a lot of breast pocket cigarette holder savings in this next century i don't think i think that may have gone out the way of the 20th century See, that's the problem with all this no smoking nonsense bring back cigarettes so that our cigarette holders can save our lives Bring back cigarettes on planes. <laughs> That's what we need. I need to smoke a cigarette on a plane almost every single time I'm on a plane. It would help when you had turbulence if you could just light up. It just, come on, dude. And then, like, make the stewardesses foxy again and give me, like, a steak dinner. You know what uh, the problem I've been having? Ever since I've gone skydiving, and I, I'm the only person I know this has happened to, I have a massive fear of planes since going skydiving because I know what it's like outside the plane. Yeah, you don't want to be outside the plane. So now whenever I fall asleep on a plane, I have a nightmare that I fall out the bottom of the plane with no parachute. And what happens if like a survivor thing happens and you get voted off the plane? And they just toss you. And they just toss you. In 2100, when we've like reached the very end of civilization, that's going to be the reality TV. Is we're just going to start shucking people out planes. Yeah, it'll be it's the last person standing before you run out of gas. Complete degradation of everything. Yes, but back to the article, Chris. Emergency personnel quickly arrived on the scene and transported the gravely wounded man to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Authorities subsequently arrested the sorcerer, as well as the other participants in the tragic experiment, and stressed to the residents that participating in such tests of allegedly magical items can have a similarly tragic outcome. Well, I didn't even contemplate it, but where is a charm located on a necklace around your neck? He shot this man in the heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 he would have. He shot this man in the heart. That's a bummer. Why did the witch doctor think this was a good idea? I have a feeling that he was like, I need to kill this guy because there's no way this shit is working. And there were three witnesses. He brought his buddies. Like, yeah. he wasn't going to get away with this. Wild. So, you know who I feel really bad for is the friends who got arrested because they were just trying to see if the talisman worked. Like, if I had a buddy who was like, yo, a witch doctor's going to shoot me with this magic talisman on, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch that. I will, again, as one of uh, any of my buddies who was to do this, I would be like, we should really be shooting the witch doctor. <laughs> and not you. If the witch doctor believes that greatly in his talisman, he should take the bullet. He should take the bullet. I love that the witch doctor shoots the talisman 
that shatters and then it has enough force to then go ahead and kill this poor Nigerian man who, again, what did he need a bulletproof charm in the first place? That's an unanswered question. We need some follow-up work by Tim. There is no, there is no follow-up anymore. I guess that's true. The guy's dead. R.I.P. Well, good luck to all parties involved. Um, Chris, with that, you want to jump into housekeeping? I guess. <laughs> housekeeping. We have Patreon. Patreon.com slash Coast to Coast PM. The exact URL that you would think it would be where you can sign up for as little as $2 a month to support the show. Keep us on the air. Keep us running. Keep Chris in the United States. That is first and foremost our priority. Uh, you can find us on Reddit at our Coast to Coast PM. You can email me, c2cpmpod at gmail.com. And if you have not already, don't forget to drop us five stars on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. And with that, let's jump into today's episode, Chris. Tim Alberino and George Knapp's interview about the Peruvian face-peeling alien invasion. I, I've heard that many ladies get chemical peels, Paul. Is this a similar thing to a chemical peel? Very different, Chris. Let's get oh, a okay. quick overview from George Knapp about how this is not a chemical peel. Okay, all right. <laughs> we started reading and seeing snippets, bits and pieces, one or two videos on social media about some very strange events being reported in South America, more specifically in Peru. Villagers living out in the Peruvian Amazon in an area far removed from much of modern civilization are posting these videos on X and other social media showing these big glimpses of what the locals said were attacks from the sky. Strange beings would swoop out of the sky always at night. They seemed to be wearing some sort of advanced body armor and these weird elongated helmets over their giant heads flying atop these little pads that were attached to their feet. Someone compared them to, I think, the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man movies. The locals had one heck of a nickname for them, though. In English, the name is Face Peelers. Because of what they had reportedly done to residents of that little town, within a matter of weeks, someone came up with a perfectly ridiculous debunking explanation. These are not face peelers or alien beings from the sky, as some suspected. These are illegal miners operating in, out in the jungle, and they're using jetpacks to scare everyone to get off their land. So that's it, you know, jetpacks. Nothing to see here, folks, because, you know, you can buy Joe's jetpacks just about anywhere. South American, Walmart, I guess, maybe 7-Eleven. Fortunately, a world traveler, an adventurer, who's had a longtime interest in unusual phenomenon in the skies, not only knew that area of Peru, but could speak the local dialect. He'd spent many years down there, thought that this cover-up story didn't make much sense. So Tim Alberino and some of his colleagues decided to go check it out for themselves. Paul, did any other movie than Spider-Man make it to South America? Because wasn't South America where our little boys were looking for Black Widow spiders to bite themselves with? I, that was somewhere in South America, yeah. It was somewhere in South America. <laughs> now we got the Green Goblin yeah. flying all over Peru. We Much like yourself, South America needs a new movie to watch. That Apparently. Isn't, that isn't Keanu Reeves based. Okay, well, first off, there's a lot of different Keanu Reeves movies, Chris. <laughs> he has a wide variety in his canon. So a whole I'm repertoire not... of not really acting. 
Okay, you, I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that. Because Keanu's the man. He doesn't need to talk in John Wick 4, Chris. Yes. That's how good of an actor he is. He doesn't need words to relay emotion, like most humans. That's right. But that, that's the basic rundown of the situation. We have these small villages in Peru that are like pretty off the grid who are saying that they are being invaded by aliens. What? Why would they need a, a person's face, Paul? That is a great question. I don't know. I don't know why they would want your face. And we don't have an answer why they're taking people's faces. We don't have an answer for that, no. And, and they don't seem to have been successful at taking any faces, but they have attempted to take a face or two. They're attempting to take yeah. faces. So uh, it's not yeah. a very good name. They're not great at face peeling. That we know of. Maybe they have abducted and taken faces. Um, yeah, okay. So right now it is at least like a little bit of a chemical peel. We'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. So let's jump into how it all started, Chris, because uh, our boy Tim, uh, he's he's got some thoughts. He's been digging real deep into this to the point where he was on the ground in these villages doing interviews. Paul, is it a little ditty about Jack and Diane? It is not, Chris. It is okay. not. Well, that story, as you know, exploded on social media um, sometime around mid end July. And it, it was so bizarre, and, and, and what made it go viral on social media is, are the videos that were captured in the villages. Now, it's important to understand that there's a, the, the, the initial video came out of a, a village called San Antonio de Pintuyacu, which is not far from Iquitos in the state of Loreto, in the Amazon region of Peru. Um, and uh, a young man named Christian... Uh, from the village, the school teacher in the village captured um, captured a very chaotic scene at nighttime in which the villagers were running around in the jungle with their flashlights, discharging their firearms into the forest at, uh, at unidentified, unseen assailants. And they were obviously very alarmed by what whatever it was that they were confronting. Some of the villagers made the astonishing claim that these, that they were being assailed by extraterrestrials, that there were incursions being made into, into their village by these very strange entities. To be fair, if I was a extraterrestrial that had just traveled possibly hundreds, if not thousands of light years, the first people I would want to mess with would be like the village people in a far off Peruvian mountain. Do you think it's just like an easier starting point? I mean, it's lower population, less technology. More, just I think generally more fun to mess with. Oh, just pure enjoyment, you think? Yeah, I think it's just, we got like some adolescent, maybe teenage aliens yeah. just goofing around. I do wonder that because we often look for, um, I guess, more interesting reasons that aliens are invading like, you know, oh, they're they're here on like scientific discoveries or they're trying to like, you know, take our genetic DNA and like run an analysis on it. But we always forget about the fact that we have people who go to far off places just to shoot lions for fun. Right. So you never know. It could just be them screwing with us. And not to say that there aren't important scientific aliens doing work here on Earth. Yeah. But not all of them are here for good reasons. And not all of them are here necessarily for bad reasons, but I bet there are plenty of mischievous aliens out there. Yeah, some could just be on vacation. We don't know. 
Right. And again, go going to the mountains. There's some really old stuff there. Probably that their ancestors helped build. And so, you know, you kind of go back and you're like, yeah, this is where granddad helped the uh, first Americans uh, build a temple to what we were calling the moon god. Uh, We told him it was a big flying snake. Ha ha ha. Stupid humans. Got him. Well, on top of them flying on some sort of saucer disc, Chris, apparently they also have laser beams that they're shooting. Like Quetzalcoatl probably means butt cheese or something in the alien language. And we're all like worshiping butt cheese. And they're just all the aliens are sitting there laughing at us like they are so stupid. So you had incidents in which uh, villagers were, were hit with some kind of a laser beam by these strange assailants and, and sustained uh, various sorts of injuries. So all of this was going on in the same period of time. Uh, there was a video released uh, around this time from the city of, of Nauta, um, again, in the same region. And uh, this video uh, was apparently, it, 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 it depicted some sort of phenomenon that was happening. And it, it, they were there was a, it was again a very chaotic scene at night, and you could see something. They were training their flashlights on something, yelling, "There it is! There it is!" And that something, to me, as I analyze the video, appeared to be a being of some sort. They had laser beams, Paul. Laser they did. beams. They did. And this was when the uh, government had to send in cops because there was an attack on a young girl and the police had to come in. They came in on Navy boats, but the Navy didn't actually go in and do anything. They just escorted the police there and the police came in and investigated and then said, oh, it's miners with jetpacks flying through the forests, which does not make a ton of sense. Yeah, you know, those Peruvian miners with their jetpacks. Like, jetpacks aren't actually a thing. There's that one Iron Man guy uh, that has the jetpack, but it only flies for like 20 minutes. And it's basically he strapped a bunch of jet engines to his back. So it's super dangerous, really limited range. It's not something that you would just be using in the Peruvian forest if you're a poor miner. There's the water jetpacks, Paul. Those are a bit of a thing. You'd need a body of water to be in for it to work. That would also be, yeah, but it has a giant stream of water shooting down. Yeah. None of these do I think are feasible in the region. No, I don't think so. So our boy Tim, he actually goes in uh, into the villages. He's invited into the villages by the, the elders after communicating with the people in the village. Uh, he brings a bunch of like supplies because they they're like running out of food and stuff because they aren't going to their farms. Uh, and then he talks to one of the kids who recorded one of the videos. Yeah, I want to give credit to uh, ufologist Ronnie Burnett from he's a Brazilian u- ufologist who who connected me with Christian. That's how I was able to get in contact with right. the village. And when I talked to Christian, I found out that well, I found out a couple of things. First of all, I found out that the villagers were still very anxious. They were they were in a state of heightened vigilance, and and that they had not been going out to their farms. So all of these villages in the Amazon, uh, they have little farms. They call them chakras, uh, which are located um, you know within a mile around the village, and 
uh, probably quarter mile around the village, and they this is where they get their food. This is where they gather, they grow and gather their food, their sustenance. And because of, of what had been occurring in the village, they stopped going out to their chakras um, for fear of, of being assailed by these beings, these people. And uh, when he told me that, I realized that um, it would it, it it would be uh, it would be good to, in addition to doing the research in the village, it would be it would be uh, I thought necessary to supply the village as well with food and medicine, um, and then also with some strategic technology uh, that would help them to capture the phenomenon should it should it happen again and also help them defend themselves because i learned that the men of the village were every single night they were staying up to two three in the morning walking the perimeter of the village with their shotguns and flashlights can you imagine being so terrified of what you think is an extraterrestrial that you stop going to your farms and actually have nightly patrols looking for possible alien activity. Well, that's what's kind of scary about this story is that something is clearly happening that is right. freaking these people out. Yeah. Like it's not it's not a, just like a joke of like one crank who said it. It's multiple villagers are seeing these things and right. they're taking it so seriously that they're like doing armed patrols. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah that's i mean that's real fear that's yeah. real fear this is essentially a, a village that's going on lockdown because of these attacks yeah no i mean they probably have a curfew they probably armed patrols with shotguns is a very real step that a group of humans take you know and i, I doubt they took it lightly yeah and i mean one of the cool things about tim is that he actually got a church to fund this trip because he was bringing in aid right. so there were churches that were like willing to give him money to to send him down there and, and bring these supplies in because they were in need of like food and, and medicine and all that stuff that's so, nice yeah he's, he seems like a really interesting guy i was like yeah. i want to know more about tim alberino dude yeah what a cool thing to do but you know i you hope that if you're i i hate to say exploiting these people that you do kind of pay them off as well and i don't know if i would call it exploiting though yeah because... right it's definitely a softer word than that but yeah. i mean he's i'm sure writing a book probably did a little documentary yeah you know what i mean like he's not he has ulterior motives as well right yeah he is reporting on the story for sure right. But I think that people were probably appreciative because no one was really paying attention to it after it came out and after the like debunk story came out about how it's minor somehow. That is a crazy debunk. Like, yeah. not good. It's one it's, of the dumber debunks. Yeah. Oh, it's Chilean or Peruvian miners, M-I-N-E-R-S, as in somebody who goes into the mountains to dig out coal notoriously rich people <laughs> those coal miners yeah and peruvian at that so rich that they're able to buy prototype technology 
that I would imagine that would be even pretty expensive for American millionaires to try to get their hands on. I don't think that you can buy a jetpack. I think that they're all custom made. Well, so you can buy them. I don't. I don't know. I would have to. De- I would have to double That's check. I, I have seen videos of that Iron Man like jetpack, but it's a giant contraption. I think it was made by the military. Right. It's not like a light. It's not like a, a store bought drone. Right. Right. Yeah. Listen, I understand. Somebody can buy this thing. I'm Probably. telling you right now. Yeah. There is somebody on this planet who has a jetpack who is just a semi-normal human not so normal and that they probably have access to capital that none of us will ever see even in a hundred lifetimes yeah yeah that's fair but again the point being that person does not live in peru (laughs) and that person is not mining coal in the mountains of the andes yeah, that, that person is either in California or they are in their bunker in New Zealand. I think right. those are the two options. Those are your two options. There's no third options. Maybe Jackson, maybe Jackson <laughs> Hole, Wyoming. Yeah, which they've moved to recently. Now, he does go and start interviewing people, Chris. So let's get into the, the eyewitness details that come out of Tim Boy's interviews. But the story that began to unfold is that... Um, as we said earlier, in, in about sometime in mid-July, these strange assailants began to make incursions into the village. And th- right off the bat, the first details that emerged were how these assailants moved through the sky, because they weren't coming in a, in a typical fashion that you might expect cartels to just sort of creep into the village Rather, these assailants, these individuals were flying into the village. The villagers would see them flying in the sky. They would, what they would see were small disks, uh, which I later learned were, were sort of hoverboard, circular hoverboard platforms. They would see these disks silently floating over their village and maneuvering around the village and then they would land they would watch the they would they couldn't see the the men on the on the platforms unless they trained a flashlight on them and then they would see them on top but the platforms had lights multicolored lights they also had floodlights now i didn't consider cartels yep i did not consider and and i'll give it to the cartels the cartels are typically on the forefront forefront of technological change. Yeah, which is something he does talk about here in a bit too. Um, is that he also initially like he thought it was cartels at first, but then he he changed his mind on it. But they would have more access to really yeah. intense military technology. Yes, because they're buying it from corrupt officials for sure. Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. Now they're they're getting like almost straight off the boat probably american military hardware they they may be better armed than some american soldiers honestly i've heard some weird stories about like soldiers not having body armor and having Guaranteed. to buy it themselves like by buying their own equipment like i feel like the cartel's locked and loaded dude D- during the surge in iraq when we had like 400,000 troops, I guarantee you there were plenty of American soldiers 
that were did not have the standard mm-hmm. equipment they were supposed to have. Now, what are your thoughts here, Chris, about the flying discs? Because the first thing that I thought was some type of like drone, right? A right. drone with lights on it yeah. that would because they would land in the village, they would fly off, and then the people would come in. Yeah. So that portion seems like maybe it was a drone scoping out the area first, but that was the only like terrestrial explanation that I could think of. And I bet there's drones that can trans that are big enough to transport people. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know. I mean, the I... Predator drone, you could put multiple missiles on it. Yeah. And a human isn't as heavy as one missile. Are you thinking some sort of like, because that almost feels like then it would just be like a small helicopter. Right. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's what's flying over. But here's the weird part, Chris, is that after the discs would fly over and then land somewhere and then they would the assailants would come into the village, they would actually be able to float. The assailants themselves. The assailants themselves would float when they were coming into the village. Okay. They would they would land in the openings in the jungle around the village. Now, sometimes these Assailants would disembark from these from these platforms, from these hover, hoverboard platforms, leave them in the jungle, and walk into the village. Sometimes they would float into the village, and I I I heard several testimonies of guys who swore to me that they discharged their firearms at tall beings dressed from head to foot in black armored bodysuits with large helmets, as you described earlier, uh, sort of oblong helmets uh, with uh, almond-shaped, yellow-tinted eye lenses. And they, they would dis- uh, one gentleman in particular was very adamant with me when he was telling me this, that he had his flashlight trained on one of these guys, and, and this individual, this guy, was floating off the ground he wasn't on one of these hoverboard platforms. Rather, he had disembarked and had floated into the village because apparently on their footwear, they have these small discs. Dude, this is special ops training. Yeah, it sounds kind of black budget, right? Yeah, this is special ops training. This is the new generation of Navy SEALs Yeah, and Delta Force. Like, that. that's what we're hearing about right now this is an aliens this is spooky though yeah this is they have access to like we all know even with (laughs) out the ufo crap and all that stuff that the military and the deep state has access to technology that we are not privy to yeah it it could be six months ahead of us two years ahead of us 10 years ahead of us but like it they're significantly significantly more advanced than we can be right now again unless you had a ton of money yeah i think there's like a four-year lag or something on the tech that the military has versus what is commercially available that sounds cool and that's if you're paying a butt ton of money yeah so again what we're hearing, I think, is almost certainly Black Ops training. Let's hear a little more. Let's let's hear a little more. Let's get a couple more stories in here. And this particular individual, 
who I interviewed, said that he discharged his 16-gauge shotgun point-blank at one of these guys, and it knocked him back on his butt, but then he, he, he quickly popped back up into the air. He, he hopped up into the air and, and began floating again uh, on, on these discs uh, on the bottom of his shoes. Um, I, heard, uh, I heard that from a couple of guys in the village, that apart from the circular platforms, that the assailants can float around uh, just by, by, by means of whatever uh, technological apparatus that they have attached to their footwear. You, but, you, interviewed one, you interviewed one lady who said that she saw them jump over her, her house. Yes, yes. She was telling me how they're, they're able to, to leap into the air with these, just with their footwear, uh, jump over the house and then hover. So they got halo suits. Oh, yeah, they basically have halo suits, yeah. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. Just a suit that allows you to be a little bit more powerful. And I would be interested to know if, I bet they may not even have been flowing, floating, that it was almost like they were probably gliding. They were probably moving in a way that humans wouldn't appear to be able to move. Because they have some sort of like mech tech. Right. Yeah. Now that would be interesting. What are they doing in a Peruvian village, though, I think is my confusion. My thinking is that for whatever reason, they need to do some kind of tests from mountains. And that's a good test. And then, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's just kind of choose a village and we come in, see how they adapt. Because it doesn't sound like they're attacking back. Yeah, they, they don't seem to actually be doing much damage, honestly. There have been a few incidents, but they're relatively rare. Right. Of damage being done to someone and i am definitely not skeptical of spooks operating south of the border because we have an enormous amount of evidence from our own government that they have done that for decades but i was just i i can't think of a great reason i guess it would just be testing i think it's just pure testing and you gotta test in different environments and you gotta test with the and it's like okay well we know they got shotguns so let's see how the armor does against shotguns can you still do all the different necessary tasks that you need to do after getting blasted with a shotgun a couple of times you know it was so much simpler back in the 60s when they would just you know stage coups from behind the scenes now we're doing alien shit like come on man but it's easy that's uh, so easy to just like it's aliens you know (laughs) And then everyone's like, yeah, it's aliens. And and then the whole time, it's just a bunch of freaking chads, you know, ex-football players that love America and have been brainwashed into becoming Green Berets or Navy SEALs. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I, badass I, dudes. Yeah. Like, not fronting on them. But again... You're becoming a freaking killer for, like, the elite power structure. That's kind of lame, actually. <laughs> it's like, kind oh, of I'm, not cool, man. It's, uh, I'm in the Praetorian Guard, and it's like, that's awesome, I guess, but also, you're kind of a douche. <laughs> well, what, what I think is interesting, too, and what I always think about with these UFO stories, and I think I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but, like, back in the 50s, 
when people in airplanes, like flying commercial airplanes, were seeing these flaming crosses in the sky. And they were basically UFOs that folks were seeing. And it turned out to be our uh, stealth jet technology because right. before we were painting them black, they were silver. So they right. would reflect the light. And in the sunlight, they looked like flying crosses. Yeah. Um, so who knows what this is because it is nighttime and you can't see super clearly, but something's out there, dude. Something's messing with these people. Something is messing with these people. I'm definitely thinking it's special ops. And it, it it could just be them showing the cartel how the technology works. So whoever owns this tech is doing demonstrations. That's an interesting thought, yeah. And they're like, check this out, check this out. And they're like, people are going to think it's aliens. That's how wild this tech is. We've ran drugs before, so yeah. who really knows? Well, let's get a bit more into what they look like, Chris. Mysterious assailants are dressed head to foot in black. They're black armored bodysuits. Um, uh, as I said earlier, they have, they, they're wearing these helmets that cover their faces. Um, and they're, they're, the, hel the helmets are, are elongated in the back. Um, they also have small backpacks on, uh, hard shell backpacks. Um, but they do not use the backpacks for propulsion. Rather, they use their the apparatuses on their boots, on their footwear, and also these circular hoverboard platforms. They're pretty tall, right? That's they're tall. They're about they they the way that they were described to me. I'm six one, and so I would use my height um, as 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 an example. Um, and as a reference for the height of these assailants, and, and they're, they're all, they always they all said they were taller than me. So we're, we're talking about anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half feet tall. Some of them swore they were even larger. This has sounded more and more like a halo suit, dude. Yeah, because I mean, it'll make you a little bit bigger because you got a helmet on. But I'm not like to say seven and a half feet tall isn't tall enough for me to think that we are actually dealing with like some sort of giant humanoid. To me, that's I'm in a scared situation and there's someone who's a large in front of me. Right. So and I'm kind of making my stories a little hyperbolic at that point. And you know, to be able to get the ability to spring and stuff like that, you would have to have some mechanisms in the bottom. Right. So you probably get another six inches at least right in the boot area maybe another six inches on top of the head you're getting pretty close to seven feet right there and you know i don't know a lot of people in special forces but the two that i do know are very tall yes so yes <laughs> they're very yes. big dudes <laughs> they're the biggest dudes i know are yeah. the, the special forces guys yeah they're not little <laughs> And, 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 like, they're, you know, they're beefy, but, like, also super athletic, trim. You know what I mean? But, like, they are wide guys. So, these, if you are putting a peak human into one of these machines, they would have to be bigger than normal. And what I was thinking, too, I, I recently went to a WWE show which was very fun. I highly recommend it to anyone who is even mildly interested. It is so fun to be in that audience. The audience is going wild. But these dudes 
are like pretty tall, right? But they're so jacked mm-hmm. that they just feel even more massive than their height is right. because they're so wide of pure muscle. So yeah. like if I was looking at one of these guys, I was like, oh, seven feet tall. He's probably not even close. He's probably six, right. five, but he just looks so imposing. Yeah. So I could see just large human being mistaken for, for being a little taller than he actually is. And that they keep on describing it as black body armor. Like yeah. we've all seen now a person in full on head to toe body armor. We can we can conceptualize that. We've seen it in movies. We've seen it on news. We've seen it all in these all different wild areas. We can conceptualize what that looks like. If those people, that's what they're calling it. That means that we can conceptualize the technology. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that he does call out as well, is that, you know, just because these folks are living in villages in Peru, they still have televisions, they still watch all the same Hollywood movies that we watch, like, they know what technology is out there, right? They're not, like, ignorant of the outside world, which is something that I I saw, because I've spent time in um, East African villages, They, they are watching all of our movies, they're bootlegged. Uh, and you can buy them in storefronts, totally bootlegged, but they're watching all that same stuff. They all have cell phones. They all have internet access. They've completely jumped the whole like landline system and they're just going on like LTE and 5G now. <laughs> so, oh, dude. Yeah. All, all the Indian cousins at the wedding I was hanging out with, you know, they all wanted to come speak to the American yeah. because they didn't know where we were is not a place Americans visit ever. So, like, we were the first Americans a lot of these dudes had met. And I was asking them, I was like, oh, well, you know, what movies have you guys been watching? Just, you know, at the off chance. And that every single movie they mentioned was a Hollywood film. And I was like, <laughs> what are you guys, you're not watching any Bollywood? Like, I was kind of curious what kind of, you know, what Bollywood films I should be looking at. And they're like, nah, man, it's not about Bollywood. It's about Hollywood. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. We've penetrated everywhere. I was in a 500 person village in what was basically a wooden hut with a thatched roof. That was a bar. And the bar was a dude had a couple crates of beer that he would sell you. And he was blasting and singing along to Justin Bieber on his radio. And I was like, what is happening? Like it broke my brain. (laughs) Yes. This is strange. Why are you showing me YouTube clips and we're listening to, yeah the same thing you know yeah. justin bieber and it's just like <laughs> what is going on yeah so that all that to say they know what jetpacks look like yeah they, they, and apparently they were even like pulling up you know images of these stuff and be like it wasn't it did it wasn't that it was not this yeah it is um, listen we know what a jetpack is we know what body <laughs> armor is like this is advanced technology but not that advanced yeah yeah well, let's get into why they're called face peelers, Chris, because that is the weirdest part about this is that they are called face peelers, which very, is very scary. Very intimidating name. <laughs> so it's the legend of the Pelacaras, which translates to face peelers. Um, and the Pelacaras, I heard about the Pelacaras when I lived in the Amazon years ago, 20 years ago. And it's sort of like an old wives' tale where the moms would tell their kids, don't go running around at nighttime, don't go too far away from the house at nighttime where the pelacadas will get you and peel your face off, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I know that the phenomenon is about 40 years old. It's not older than that. Um, I know that for sure. 
because I talked to a lot of the villagers. The elderly people said this was not a thing in our time, and the, and the guys that were my age and older than me said um, we heard about it when we were kids. But it, So it's about 40 years or so. It goes back to the 1980s, I think. So it's not that old. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is that my initial thought was this is more of an ancient tradition that is being applied to what's happening today. Right. But the term Pelakara and the face cutting in general is literally 40 years old. Like, no one was talking. This isn't some ancient tradition. This is a recent phenomena. Well, and again, that has a lot of a lot of cartel flavor to it, right? Like, the face carvers. Like, yeah. they'll peel off your face. You know what I mean? Like, that's that was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, man, if this happens in the 80s, that's when the CIA's there growing cocaine. Yeah, and that's like, you know, heyday of the cartel dude, 1980s. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So, th again, that was my immediate thought, that the moms are like, please do not go up into the mountains because the CIA will peel your face <laughs> off. Which is very scary. That, and, again, checks out. Totally checks out. And guess what? I wouldn't be going into the mountains if they if I knew there were face peelers up there. Uh, uh, all you had to say was the CIA's here now, and I'd be <laughs> like, I may not leave my house ever. <laughs> well, do you want to hear an abduction story, Chris? The one of the young girl uh, that actually brought the cops in. Oh my god, I don't know if I do, dude. Because again, young girl, CIA, mountains of Peru. None of this is good. <laughs> None of this Notice. is good. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. Notice that the suddenly the leaves, the dead leaves on the ground started to rustle, and she felt this, this gentle wind at her back. And she turned around to see what it was. And she said that what she saw was a very tall person dressed as we have described, head to foot in black armored bodysuit with this elongated helmet. He floated up to her on, a, on one of these hoverboard circular platforms. She even described sort of like a surfing motion. She even uh, described him as sort of like balancing on this thing. He came right up to her, landed the platform right next to her, and grabbed her from behind. He put his hand over her mouth and grabbed her. And then she saw another guy coming up on another one of these platforms. This guy landed in front of her and grabbed her feet. They proceeded to lift her up together while floating on their platforms, and they, they floated her over behind this, uh, this chicken coop, this thatch-roof chicken coop in that gully between the houses, in that forested gully. And, and it was there that they proceeded to... Um, to take out a small bottle. They said, she said that it was, the first thing that they did was they took out this, this small packet and they mixed this cream. One of them mixed some cream in, in his hand. And then they took a, a nasal syringe and sucked up the cream, the solution, and shot it up her nose. Then they took out a larger, uh, they took out a larger tube and she describes it like a, like a toothpaste tube and it also had cream, a different kind of cream, and they proceeded to smear this all over her face. And when they put this on her face, it instantly made her face go numb. 
And she, and here's the bizarre thing about her testimony. Out of uh, everyone uh, I spoke to, she's the only one who says she heard them speak. All right. Well, what the heck is going on there? I've no idea. I've no idea. I was going to say maybe they were trying to knock her out or something like that. Yeah, the, the only thing I could think of was, one, it was some sort of drug to, to knock her out and incapacitate her, or two... This is some sort of like trauma response to a really awful encounter that she had. Right. Um, I don't because I do know that trauma can, you know, make your memory a little wonky at times because it was such an awful experience. So, like, I right. don't I don't know, but this is insane. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, the white cream made me think very bad thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But she does hear them talk. They were talking in Spanish. Okay. One of them had a uh, like a gringo accent is what she said. And the other one had a Peruvian accent. This is definitely <laughs> special ops. So. I don't know, man. Definitely special ops. So that's the, the uh, that's the American who's a part of the team selling these devices to the cartels. Uh, maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know, but there's one last section of her story where they do attempt to cut off her face. And and that's precisely what they proceed to do after they put this cream on her face. They take out this small device. It's about, I don't know, about four inches long, and it has a blade on the tip. Doug and I believe that uh, it's a it's a laser scalpel, the way she describes it. She, she was just saying it. She didn't know exactly what it was, but it was some sort of a, a blade. And and they began to cut to make an incision. Now, when they started to make this incision under her jawline, so it's on her neck under her jawline, she began to struggle. And as she's struggling, uh, she starts to she, she she starts to push one of their helmets up. And they ended up making two incisions in the course of her struggling. And she pushes one of their helmets up, and 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 there's this. Um, there's this struggle that ensues briefly, and they dropped her. This is that. That's that's a freaky, freaky encounter. Yeah, uh, that one is like really terrifying. And apparently, because he interviewed her, um, and she's still traumatized from the experience. Like it's very audible and visual uh, in the in the video that he made. No good, dude. But I definitely believe we're seeing some kind of special forces, at least technology. And that there, some nefarious group has access to this technology and is selling it to the cartels. Yeah, Tim. Tim doesn't think it's the cartels because he thinks the technology is too advanced. But I think we don't actually know what the technology even is. To be honest, I think that we have a bunch of people at nighttime who are having people run into their villages and attack them. And who runs the cartels? The CIA. So I I don't know what's happening, but something is happening in Peru, dude. If they want somebody to have access to the technology, they're going to give it to them. Yeah. They're, for some reason, they need to be testing it in Peru. And drugs is a great reason to need to do that in the mountains of Peru. Well, Chris, that is our Peruvian face peeler alien invasion story on a scale of one to five CIA hoverboards. What do you give our boy Tim Alberino? 
at least four, maybe four and a half CIA hoverboards. This is good stuff, dude. I was so skeptical when you said face peeling aliens in Peru. I was like, I there's no way. But for sure, for sure, we have some black ops, some black ops technology. And I am terrified for the future more so than I have been. And really anything else we're talking about, because if they're riding around on silent hoverboards, we really are screwed. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's really fair. It's very scary. I'm going to give a boy, Tim, the coveted five CIA hoverboards. Nice. Because this man is doing the work. He lives in Bozeman, Montana, got his butt funded by a church to go to remote villages with hired security in case it was the cartels, putting himself in honest, like honestly some danger coming into cartels to go interview people about this uh, and getting this story out, man, because no one else was actually looking into it. So I respect Tim's grind. This was a this was a solid solid uh episode of coast dude yes i enjoyed every minute of it the aliens part i don't believe at all (laughs) this is special ops this is some x-files shit dude i've been watching a lot of x-files and i was like this fits so perfectly with x-files there's special ops going on here yeah and i would like to know more about that you know, maybe one day we'll find out, Chris, what's actually happening in Peru. But, um, you know, when that day comes, we'll be here to report on it. I can guarantee you that. What are they using as energy is what I want to know, because that's what those packs are. The packs are the energy source. Yeah. Like that's the battery pack or the fuel source. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I hesitate to think that it's any sort of like jet fuel if it's so quiet. Yeah, that's so what I'm may, saying. It's not it's yeah. not combustion. Yeah, maybe they some figured sort of something else out. Yeah, something that we don't know about yet. Yeah, and so. I wonder. I wonder. I really wonder. Have they figured out fusion technology, or is it fission? Know. Which one is it? Fission? I have no idea. It's one of them. Fission, fission, I think. Fission, whatever the sun does. The cool if, one. The cool one. If they figured out how to do it, and they could, and they could minimize it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it's an infinite power source. Yeah. It would literally be what couldn't you power? Not much. So we'll see. I mean, maybe it's some sort of anti-gravity technology that, oh, that we've figured it. out. We're getting <laughs> you're getting me too excited. <laughs> well the implications are staggering. For now, Chris, we don't know, but hopefully we'll find out soon. But this was a mystery. This is a head scratcher. Like yeah. something's happening. These something's people are happening. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that'll be our episode of Coast to Coast PM. You can support us on patreon.com slash coast to coast. Until then, we'll see you next week, as long as Chris doesn't leave the country again. All conspiracy, all the time. Later. Go BJP. Hindu nationalism.